0: Episode 7, part 2 of our sex episodes. And I'm joined here with my good friend, Jesse Lee Yarbrough. Heck yeah! Again, I'm James Spinello, your host. And we. this is, without a doubt, the most excited I've been to record, because this is going to be the best episode yet. We have... Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Just kidding. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that We got better than that. Even.
1: That's we, true. We don't... We do...
0: What do we have today, James? We have the lovely Jessica De La Vega. Hello. That is better. It is. Way. I'm personally way more excited about it. And and I'm sorry, guys. You're gonna hear this lovely voice, but. She is already taken, recently Aww. married. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And her, and her her husband is sitting right next to her, so I can't flirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> wave,
0: wave to the he, podcast. He's pointing at me. He's pointing very <laughs> menacingly at us. But in any case, Jessica, thank you again for coming.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, it is our pleasure for sure. And I would love to talk to you where we left off. We were talking about... Sex in the City and the uh, perception of sex that is found in that that so much informed a whole generation of women.
2: Mm-hmm. That was my generation.
0: Yes. Well, what, what was the, the effect of Sex in the City on you?
2: Sure. Well, you know, Sex in the City is still one of my favorite shows because there is some truth in the show and growing up, not only myself, but all of my friends watched it religiously episode after episode and we would rewatch the seasons and we would just come home and drink wine and get dressed up and put our heels on and and really fantasize like this really was life and we didn't really have any other nobody else proved us wrong you know the culture of Sex in the City was what we thought it was real. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The world, it looked like what the world was. The show made it, the acting is fantastic.
0: No, oh, yeah, um, The writing. The
2: writing is amazing. The producing from the costumes to the music to the set. Um, as an actress, I not only looked at it from an artistic point of view, but, you know, it really was fun it was a fairy tale it's you know the four characters also different and i mean i know they even had personality tests like which sex in the city character are you you know and um i did have a friend and she was samantha i will will not say who samantha was okay but um one of one of my um really really good friends and um you know The the, there's a lot of truth in the show, which I think was the appeal to um, all of the women from my generation that watched it. Um, And if there was a girl who didn't watch it, it's not like she didn't know of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, yeah, it was great. I mean... It it, was? It was great? it, It was great because genuinely when you're looking for love i think you know we're wired for god we're wired to love you know it's in our dna I, whether you are a christian or whether you're not you're wired for god and you're wired to love and to be loved and this show really captured the essence of love now there were many diff- the four characters all portrayed a very different aspect of love um, we have Carrie Bradshaw, who was really looking for love in a very spiritual and a very meaningful way. She wanted her happily ever after, and it was very emotional for her. Um, and then we have Samantha, who was really just interested in the physical aspect of love, um, the sex of the city, and sex without, relation, without feelings, mm-hmm. um, really treating men like objects. And I know I've heard quotes that men really were on that set would come in and out like objects for the, for, the, for the episodes, for the scenes. I mean, they rotated men like shoes on that show, mm-hmm. you know, for all of the different episodes. And then you have Charlotte, who wanted to do everything right and get married and wanted to have the perfect home. And then you have Miranda, who was the career-hungry girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked at a firm. It was all about um, work. You know, success and her degree. And I think those four characters all hit a chord with women, if my generation, I mean, from the emotional to the physical, to the perfect ending, to having a great job and being educated all while wearing amazing clothing, right? And being in the best <laughs> that's, shoes. That's vital I hear. Being in the best <laughs> shoes, having great friendships, and living in this awesome city. I mean, it was like, it was the biggest, it was a half-truth. I mean, I, I don't want to say it was completely wrong, because there's, each of those characters can be redeemed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but if you don't know that, then you you don't have the other truth. You have it, you have the whole falsehood as a truth. Um, so, you know, I know from for me, myself, and my, my friends, you know, we went through life thinking that that's how life was going to be. That that's what the real world was like. And um, sadly, that's not true.
0: What changed? How did you come to uh, where you're at now? Like, what is your thought process on that whole on sex now?
2: Sure. I mean I think each character can like I was mentioning earlier is can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can find the half truth, the other portion of of each character, um, you can look at it from A a perspective and say well that's not right like the way these women are living is not right and I think for me that that point when I changed my view on that show and how devastated I was when I found out the truth of what love really meant when I really found out what love was with John Paul's um, St. John Paul's theology of the body when I found out what love was I was completely I was shocked like how could I have been 25 years old and not ever really known the meaning of love it was crazy mm-hmm. and to love from um, the viewers who um, are unfamiliar with JP 2 um, is
0: Pope John Paul Pope II. John
2: Paul II who Saints, is um, my Saints. hero yeah yeah um was to love is to will the good of the other person. Um, not to need them, but to will the good of the other person. And what does that really mean? If And love, and if you're not loving somebody truly, then you can only be using them. And just because something feels good, does it make it right? And all these new ideas were pop where I was finally introduced to all these new ideas. Like, oh, my goodness, you can use a person and, and not even know it. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was just I was like exposed to theology of the body. And that's what brought me back to the church. Um, But then afterwards, when I found out what love was, I was so excited about it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how can um, you know what? Came, I, I just really wanted to um, talk to a lot of people about this. Like, does, it, does everybody know what love really means? Because if you do, then how could you be making all these other choices in these, these films? And then I had my DVDs of Sex in the City. And I remember after having my reversion, looking at those DVDs thinking, I can't watch them anymore. And I would be sitting at home and an episode of Sex in the City would come out and I'd be like, I'm just going to watch it because it's like this part of like this part's really good. They're just like, you know, wow. going to talk about like this other. But then it always went back to um, the sadness of 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 using each other. It's, it's a show of where people just constantly are using each other, but they don't know that they are. Um, because I think the characters are real people, obviously. But, yeah, um, no, I do too. You know, but... I think um, show does that to me. You know, so Sex and the City, for me, was... It really formed my mind and really fed me um, a fantasy of what life was, of what love was, and um, they wrap it up really nice and pretty. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And that's what I want to, um, to ask. So, suppose someone buys into that fantasy. Like, let's, these characters are real. Um, tell me, what, is, what, what ideology, what perception of sex truly makes a person happier? The one found in Sex of the City or the one that JP2 has in TOB, and why?
2: Well, that is a no-brainer, and that is um, authentic love. In order for love to be authentic, it has to be free, it has to be fruitful, it has to be total, and it has to be.
0: She's she's looking at her faithful. husband when when she says that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. She's looking it at has her husband, to be and I, my heart kind of just got really jealous. Sorry. <laughs> it has
2: to be faithful, and um, so. You know, and I teach middle school girls and high school girls, and I tell them about what love really means. And um, they get really, a, they're not, you are a lot of them are not ready to hear that that's really what love is. Um, because what happens if you take one of those, let's just say I take fruitful out. Well, you know, um, I want us to physically be together, but I don't want to be open to the idea of life, which means, um, I'm going to give you just some of my body, not all of my body, just like 90%, right? I'm just like going to 90% love you and you're going to 90% love me. So there, then that turns into, to using the person. Mm -hmm. If you're not loving somebody, you're using somebody as a means to an end. And, uh, and those concepts, uh, were just mind blowing to me. And to explain them to a 12 year old, because they are talking about sex, so, okay, they are 13-year-old, um, they are. Of course. 11th, 6th, and 7th grade, they are. Okay, they're yeah. on Netflix, they're on their phone, and, you know, anybody who thinks that they're not, they're very sadly mistaken, because even if you protect your child at home and you send them to a private school, somebody else's parents are not um, filtering those children. So I, I I firmly believe that to openly talk about Gender and sexuality um, as early as 7th grade to maybe 6th grade is extremely helpful Mm -hmm. because they need to hear the truth as soon as possible.
0: Well, what was it you were talking to one of those 11-year-old, 12-year-olds, and you asked them what movie they last saw?
2: Oh, um, well, I would say Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my gosh. Is um, one that is usually out there, and they... You know, the girls don't have a problem with it because they have this idea that um, as long as there's consent between the two parties, then everything's okay. Uh Um, And, you know, I'm trying to um, just inform them that consent, you really have to be fully formed in your mind to give free consent. Um, And I don't really think that a lot of women or a lot of men um, are fully formed um, emotionally and Mm -hmm. um, psychologically formed to make that kind of consent. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody really desires to be abused. I don't think you are seven years old and you desire to be hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, um, you're... 17 and you desire to be hit and it just it doesn't make any sense. There's no one that grows up in the no you can't, there's no way you could ask a seven year old girl what does she want to be when she grows up and she says I want to be a stripper, okay? Mm-hmm. Like no one says that. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the Usher song I'm in love with, uh, no no no. Oh, what was that Usher song? Dancing on the pole, gotta make that dough. Um, it was like really popular. It was like they played it like at seven in the morning and like all the time
0: <laughs> we can find it we're gonna um, go out and find it <laughs> the
2: usher song oh i don't i don't mind mm-hmm. i don't mind if you dance on that pole that'll make you a. Uh, shorty i don't oh, wow. mind and it was so clever and uh usher's a great artist you know i'm not mm-hmm. saying there's nothing about usher that isn't a great artist but um it really played into the idea, as long as there's consent, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's really bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because, yeah. yeah. yeah where yeah, where do you draw the
0: line? I pulled up the lyrics. It's a shoddy, I don't mind if you dance on a pole. That don't make you a hoe. Shoddy, I don't mind when you work until three. If you're leaving me, if you're leaving with me, go make that money.
2: Huh. Right. And when I... um. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's real that was, love. I gotta say.
2: Yeah, that
0: was.
1: You've read that, like William Shatner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that good or bad, Jesse? <laughs> uh, it
1: was good. <laughs> but the lyrics, obviously. Bad. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would agree uh, if I can comment. Do you guys course. mind if I comment? Um, the whole issue with consent is like, where does it end? You know, um, I was talking to somebody about this exact thing, and they had mentioned consent. And I was like, well, all right, let's say, okay, two adults consent, right? Well, what about an adult and a child? You know, like, is pedophilia okay? You know, is bestiality okay? Like, all these things where, like, seemingly, you know, two parties might be consensual. Is that okay? Um, So there has to be more for basically the, the criteria for deciding what act is or isn't okay has to be more than just purely consent. And that, I think it gets a lot of credit. That argument gets a lot of credit because, like you said, it's a half-truth. Consent is definitely part of love. You know, it has to be free. Um, You know, it has to be an act of free will. But that's only a a quarter of it. You know, free, total, faithful, fruitful, like you were saying. So, anyway. um, That's uh, my
0: little rant. Right now, (laughs) well, you know, that's that's great. It's it's you have to take out sometimes people uh posit an argument, and and we hear it in popular culture and in movies and Mm -hmm. songs. Yeah, that if you take it out to its very end, it becomes apparent that it falls apart, and that's that's just another uh, another example.
1: Yeah, I, I do think uh, I'm not gonna say that I think it's um totally good that people believe in a half truth, but. It shows that people's minds are engaged in some facet, and
2: mm-hmm. not
1: that they're totally brain dead. Um, they're at least thinking about these things. Um, you know, it, there just needs to be more to that to redeem a lot of it. You know, we were, I think you had mentioned something about the last the week, um, James. I, I, I wasn't here, regrettably, but I, I was able to listen back to the podcast. And you paralleled, you know, Selena Gomez with Fifty Shades of Grey and... What I was thinking is, like, Selena is you know, some of her lyrics are, yeah, they're really provocative. But some of the ones, you know, you could see that they're coming out of a genuine, you know, place of, like, wanting, like you said at the beginning, people want to love and be loved. Like, that's what we're wired for, you know. So, um, you know, given the right context, some of these things could be very valuable. Some of her lyrics could be perceived as very beautiful if they only had the tagline within the bounds of marriage on the end of each verse, you know? (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) You know, but see, uh, that's a problem that a lot of us have, That uh, is, we come in and we've been stereotyped as, oh, you have to, we've been niched. And by the way, you have to be in marriage, or you have to be in this, and you have to be in that. And there's good reasons why we say that, Mm -hmm. but... At the same time, I feel a lot of times as artists, if we were to come in and, and say that, yeah, we'd be cubbyholed. Oh yeah, yeah And, and totally. it, it would kind of destroy the pr- purpose of mm-hmm. saying it to begin with. Yeah,
1: so for the purpose of evangelism, I think it's really like important that we meet people where they're at, right. like and you know, let them know, like, yeah, you're right uh, for whatever their their argument is. That that is a really good point, but that's only part of it. You know, right. not telling them they're flat out
0: wrong or anything like that, but. But I'd love to dive into those uh, four components that you were mentioning before I, I led us on a, a merry madcap uh, w- wild rabbit chase. Actually, that was me who started that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, Don't take I, credit. What...
0: Don't take credit for my diversion. You'll take all the blame. Good job. Um, so free, total, faithful, and fruitful. Could you, Jessica, tell me a little sure. bit more. What, is, what, is, what does that mean exactly? Could, could you break down each aspect?
2: Sure. Well you nobody can be forcing you to love somebody if somebody's forcing you to love somebody then you're not really loving somebody so it doesn't make it valid Mm -hmm. um we're all given free will and that's the kicker that's Mm -hmm. the one that's the big question you know free will free will why do we have free will why can't god just tell us to do what he wants us to do at all times that's usually the main question. Why do I have to have free will? Well, because God isn't a dictator uh-huh. and he wants us to love him with his whole heart. So he wants us to love each other with all with our whole heart. So in order to love somebody freely, nobody can be peer pressuring you uh-huh. or um, nobody can even convince you. Um maybe brainwash you um society, right? Um mm-hmm.
1: so just to be clear, shotgun
0: weddings are totally out, right? Totally you out. Know, <laughs>
2: I'm not gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna but um I
0: saw those shotgun shells in your pocket Jeffrey, when you walked in. <laughs> um, we might have to have a talk about this afterwards. Sorry, Jessica, no not, not forcing anybody to get married.
2: So, um right. I have a fully formed conscience. Right. Fully formed mind and to make a decision completely with your whole heart, freely. No one's forcing me to do anything. And I, I'm, I, my conscience is actually formed as well. That's really, really important and freely.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing how God is such a lover. I mean, he created us with this thing that he knew was going to cause him so much pain, which is free will, and it causes us not as much pain as it causes God, because he... Everybody want. Well, I mean, want, is supposed to love him, but he doesn't. But they don't, um, and it's 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 funny. I, I didn't gain appreciation for free will and the problem of evil and the problem of pain and all that until you know I, my heart was broken by in a relationship, and then as it made sense to me, like okay, this is why we're given free will because that's the only way love could exist, and so that's the first mm. aspect,
2: right? Freely. Um and just always remembering that you have to have that form of conscience and i think that's really really important under free will and in order for us to um in order for us to love god with our whole heart it had to have been our choice so to parallel that um in a relationship in in Entering into the sacrament of marriage, um, you know, you have to love that person freely with your whole heart.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that bringing us into total?
2: Total, yes. Total meaning that you have to love the entire person um, for who (laughs) they are. But um, totally meaning that... You have to love every single part of them.
0: Well, I'm looking now at amazingcatechist.com, and it says the love for your spouse must be total. We can't say, "Well, I'll give you everything, honey, except my fertility." Total That's means it. total. So, is it's? I, I I'm curious. Then is That's this a just one. a re- redundancy? Is, is total and fruitful kind of wrapped up against each other? I think
2: total and fruitful um are go hand in hand, but yes, having to love you're having to love each other totally. So, for example, when you talk about things like contraception or you talk about, um, you know, when you, we start, when you start playing with contraception, birth control, that is a big one in total, um, even in, in marriages. Um, you know, if you are putting a barrier in between you and your, your spouse, let's just let's just say in the context of marriage I won't even take it out of marriage but even in a marriage if there was a a couple that was practicing um that was using birth control then they really wouldn't be loving themselves totally because they're not loving the total part of how God has created you so you know our fertility is a gift and um our 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 identity is a gift our gender is a gift and if you were to, to be with somebody, um, for example, in a marriage, but you were to use contraception, then you would be using each other because you're not truly giving all of yourself to each other. You're only giving like 90%. So technically, you're not loving that person at that moment. You're loving the way that person makes you feel. Therefore, you're using that person as an object, as a means. And I think that's really powerful because, at the end of the day, are you in love with that? Per- do you love that person, or do you love the way that person makes you feel? Mm-hmm. And that's not only physical, but that's um, psychological. That's emotional as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if we were to have a, a a couple that took, that embodied this this. Free, total, faithful, fruitful—the theology, of the body, love—that we, we're talking about now—and take them. Let's say they they did that everything right, and then we were to have a couple that had the type of love that you know they tied it up so nicely in the Sex and the City finale, like that type of what um. What is the difference? Like, can you can you give me like a little like breakdown? Like, where 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 is the difference, and then what sure. is the ultimate uh? end of both.
2: The ultimate goal is to not feel used. And I think in Sex and the City every episode ends in heartache because they, all, they feel used. Because they're not loving freely, faithfully, totally, and fruitfully. They, one of those aspects is taken out of every single relationship. So even if Carrie, for all the Sex and the City fans out there, You know, even though Carrie gets her Mr. Big, she's miserable. And he continuously uses her and she continuously uses him because they're only in love with the way that each other, they're only in love with the way they, they're in love with themselves, pretty much. Because if you only love somebody because of the way that they make you feel, then you're really just in love with yourself, not that person because you can't love them freely, totally, faithfully and fruitfully. You're, if you take one of those aspects out, then you're only you can only use that person. There's no other option. You turn into it turns into a a love-use relationship versus a a love-love relationship.
0: I guess that's how the term the ball and chain and all that type of stuff come came into to when we talk about marriage, it's that kind of mentality that leads to the stereotypes.
2: Well, you know the ball and chain. You know I think in, in the book of Genesis, uh, that was one of the, the downfalls of original sin, was that women, but Eve, was gonna want, to control her husband. Um, in the book of Genesis, it's kind of like the undertone. I don't have the book of Genesis on me, but how she will want—she will want to rule over her husband, and I think that's a product of original sin that women want to control men. They want to control men, and it's a product of original sin. And oh,
0: I'm, I'm scared now. I'm a little bit. I didn't know this. Thank you for telling me. Tell me more. <laughs>
2: Well, I am going to give Immaculate Heart Radio a shout-out because um, that commentary did not come from me, but it came from Mother Miriam all the way in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who is fabulous. And she really dissects um, scripture, and she was uh, she was Jewish, and then she was Protestant, and she was a Fortune 500 company owner, and now she is a Catholic nun. So, um, she has all sorts of worldly perspective and all different faith perspectives. And the other day I was listening to her, her show and she mentioned that one of the downfalls of original sin and Eve eating that apple was that, um, God said that he would put,
0: could I, could I say sure, the Sure, can you okay. please? Uh, I will make, so this is God Saint, talking to Eve, um, after she has eaten the apple in the book of Genesis. I will make your pains and childbearing very severe with painful labor you will give birth to children your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you.
2: Yes. So in what she was saying was that and, and when she says and when God says and your desire will be for your husband is that she will want to control him. She it will be part of her nature to want to control him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of theology of the body, we know that God wants us to get back to the garden. He wants us to get back to paradise. So all of these are different things. Wait,
0: so that's what theology of the body is? The ultimate goal of that? Is is to get
2: back to paradise.
0: That's way better than sex in the city. It sure is. It sure is. I like it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just happy to hear that. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, no, that's the ultimate goal, is that You know, we are, heaven is our goal. That is our prize. Um, Keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Um, But, you know, we can have bits and pieces of heaven here. The closer that we imitate God and the more we become like him because we are made in his image, the more we can go back to the paradise here. Not completely total. Like my students will say, so does that mean we can like walk around naked? No, that mean, that means you cannot walk around naked. Um, those but always those try. always wanting to take their clothes off. <laughs> um, They're
0: not the only ones sometimes. But,
2: um, yeah, you know, that's part of, of theology of the body and, and loving, truly loving somebody 100% is we want to get back to the garden. We want to... To um, we want to get close to what paradise was really like as much as possible, and that can only be possible that can only be possible um, by by truly loving and by being Christ like, because God is love. So yeah.
0: Wow, and I I'm so happy that you started telling me about that because I'm really excited for for that. But I I also feel bad because. I, I distracted you from what you were telling me about how so when God said your desire would be for your husband, the woman has then a desire to control?
2: That's what I heard uh, Mother Miriam say. You can log on to Maglet Heart Radio and check out all their different But
0: how does that how okay, if there's that desire there because of the fall?
2: Mm-hmm. How does
0: a woman make good of that or how does uh, what is the Sure, what, what, what is like the do?
2: counter to that? Um I would say being married for two months almost. um, It's being Christ to each other. You know, constantly willing the good of the other person. Constantly loving more and more every single day. Being more like Christ every day. I mean, that's the only remedy for anything.
0: Do you catch yourself like... Really that with that desire
2: you know I think there are little things that are kind of funny that I'll tell Carlos I'm like put your hair here you know <laughs> or I'll say okay sound like this or can you do that you know and they're just little in it I don't think about them they're just second nature to me that I will um try I don't I don't I don't control my husband. Okay, but, although, um, although
0: she did comb his hair right, now. <laughs> right when she said, "Okay, put your hair here," and I, I, th- I was jealous again. And
2: I think it's a, I think it's those little things, and and in a marriage, I can only imagine how um, how that can if you're if you're if you're not centered on Christ, and if you're if you're not willing the good of the other person, I can totally see how a woman. Um, who is not centered on Christ might want to control little aspects of her husband. I see. To kind of say, "Hmm, do this, do that, you know, or do this, or I want you to be like this, you know, but it's, it only a a good wife. And this is from a great spiritual director. Um,
0: uh, yeah, he's he's mine too, and so I'm way not gonna tell you guys about him because I want to keep him. And he's
2: my husband's um, spiritual director as well, spiritual director as well. And he did our marriage prep, but he said a good wife wills the good of her husband. She puts him, um, she promotes him. She wants him to to lead the family and and to be that um, that leader in the family, and so you can flip it, you can use that control that is kind of like, kind of like genetically in there a little bit for a good purpose. Like if you can find it and you can use it to bring your husband closer to heaven, to make him, you know, to will the good of him. I mean, I think the end of the day, like is just to get each other into heaven. I mean, that's the goal.
0: I I'm curious if, if, you know i'm in a relationship and i catch my significant other mm-hmm. with that desire to control or something like mm-hmm. that what what's the good way to respond in your i mean in your mind or... I
2: think you have to know the motive because the thing is and um a a woman who is not centered on Christ will use that power to manipulate and to really control and it can be used for evil so I think the motive and the intention is really important um, on how she can use her her some of those gifts and some of that original kind of genetic. I want to make I want to make you like perfect uh, for me and and really make sure that the intention is to will the good of you. Mm. You know, she. I very well, I mean, for example, I mean, if Carlos, you know, had, you know, a piece of broccoli in his tooth, you know, I would say, hey, hey, take that broccoli out of your teeth, you know, oh, I want you to look do, good. Do
0: that for me too, please. Like, I mean, if if I have something in my teeth. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll do
0: that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. So, I, um, I knew I could count on you. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I think at the end of the day, as long as the woman has her heart centered on Christ, she's going to use... Her gifts, and she'll use even some of that, that, uh, that natural desire to want to control for the good of her husband and for the good of her family.
0: Awesome. So you're you're an actress that lives and works in Los Angeles, and you have this knowledge about how in in a re- marital relationship we're supposed to get back into paradise. Yeah, go. Um, how do you? like what has been your experience with that knowledge and then just going about work as an actress
2: Well it totally changed everything before I was an actress I moved out to San Francisco and was on Craigslist and I was on all these acting sites just trying to do anything right because um you just want to be on as many projects as possible and I was making choices that were not in the best light. I was doing work that didn't really have a significant meaning. Um, uh, everything from clothing to dressing immodestly. I mean, when I had my conversion, I didn't, I don't think I dressed in, too inappropriately or I don't think I dressed inappropriately, but I got rid of everything in my closet and I didn't even give it to Goodwill. I threw it in the trash because I'm like, nobody should wear this. Wow. Mm. And, um, I got rid of everything and I started from scratch and I would look at some of these dresses that I would wear to go out with my friends, you know, dresses that you would see like on MTV or, you know, whatever, or sex in the city. And, um, when I finally realized that my goal was to lead men to Christ instead of lead them to lust, I was so, um, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken, I was disappointed in myself, but then, you know, God loves us and through the awesome sacrament of confession, um, and knowing that God's mercy never never tires. Um, but yeah, I was like, This is a really expensive clothing and I should give it. I was like, I'm gonna give it to the goodwill and I'm like, No, nobody should wear this. And I threw it all away. Wow. I threw That's it all amazing.
0: Away. And you're writing a book now, um, Called Chastity in the City.
2: Chastity in the City. It's in the works. It should be out next year. Um, but they're gonna be Can you be, give
0: us a sneak peek?
2: Sure. Um, they're gonna it's gonna be um, very much Sex in the City style. So there'll be like articles, like kind of like I am Carrie, but the redeemed version of Carrie. And I'll probably um, share a lot of my own personal stories and journeys and then give the redeemed version uh, right after in the article. and It'll be a a series of articles.
0: That's awesome. Um, Tell me, though, can you give me an example of one of your articles that maybe you might be working on now?
2: Well, I would say... Hmm, that's a good one. Which one would I want to share? Um, I think... This
0: is big, folks. Let's see if it happens.
2: um, There's this one... Episode of oh I don't know this is getting kind of kind of intense um, I think when I told my um, when I told my friends that I was really excited to practice chastity and a lot of my friends really were very shocked with my decision um, and all of my friends believe in God I mean I love my friends and and they're amazing and. And everybody's at a different point in their life, um, but I was so excited that I wanted to t- tell everybody. Like, I chastity is amazing, and I, I just felt so free um, when I finally made that decision to to practice chastity and and to wait until marriage. That I wanted to just shout it from the rooftop, and of course, I wanted to tell the, my closest friends. Um, and how I really wanted them to do it too. You know, um, because when you're living in the world sex in the city ish world, you're you think you're really free. You can do whatever it is that you want. But when you really look down at really look deep, you're really just chained. You're chained to what society wants you to do, um, being an object instead of a subject. And when you actually decide that you want to practice chastity and you, you're entering the church and it, it, all of these quote-unquote rules, they actually set you free. Um, and I think that was really interesting, so I might kind of touch, that might be like my first, I don't know where I'm going to put that one, but I think when I decided and I made like the statement and I like told everybody because I was like so excited about it. Um, yeah.
0: That's Awesome. And that's a great place to to come to a close. As much as I can, kind I of want to keep on asking hundreds and hundreds of questions. <laughs> but uh, I love how we have an image now of there's there's basically the Sex in the City image, and, and it's it's key that how you picked up there's sadness there in those characters so even when they find their Mr. Big there's still the sadness and that's something we spoke about last episode when we were talking about Taylor Swift and from the very beginning when we started talking about sex in in popular culture uh, she also even though she was so free in explaining her her sexual her sexual passions and how she's going after this guy there's still a huge element of sadness
2: well society's always going to tell you that you're not good enough and um You're always going to be looking for the next best thing. Um, This world is a constant bad, it's a constant, it constantly forces you, like it's never enough. Like, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, your hair's not long enough, you're not smart enough, um, you're not talented enough, and you are constantly just chained to these ideals that, society wants you to have and especially when you're looking for a relation you're searching for love or you're looking for a relationship you know you you do your checklist and you want your significant you want your future spouse to have all of these different things that society tells you your spouse should have Mm -hmm. and um at the end of the day you know making a list like that will just it's it's so it's very sad because you objectify each other
0: but then on the other hand, we have, we, we have the theology of the body mentality, which is, look, guys, we're going to find paradise. Uh, at least a little, a little foreshadowing of it.
2: Yes, a little foreshadowing of paradise. You can have it.
0: In marriage.
2: In marriage. That's amazing. Yes, it. it can only be done in marriage. Part two coming soon, and we'll go into that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Well, Jessica, thank you again.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Where can we find out more about about you and Carlos, your your husband, your lucky husband?
2: Well, we have a vlog coming soon that is going to be on my YouTube channel.
0: Oh, what's that called?
2: What is my YouTube channel?
0: Well, how about this? I'll post it on our uh, podcast later. I should
2: know. I should know these things. That's
0: fine. I'll post it on our mm. podcast, and we'll send send our listeners yeah. that way. And uh, speaking of vlogs, I think uh, I think Jesse Jesse Lee started a vlog recently. It's true. It's all about um, hamsters. Just kidding. No,
1: that's not true. Uh, yeah, I started a vlog. Uh, my I'm a musician, as you all may or may not know. I think we talked about that on the first oh, yes. episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a drummer. Is my trade. And um I'm starting a little video log of doing some drum lessons and things like that. And um my YouTube channel is just Jesse Lee the drummer. So. Great.
0: And I'll post that on our our podcast also. Yeah. And speaking of posting, I would like to ask our listeners, we had we broke all records for for listeners last last week. And I would love for you guys to actually start leaving comments on the uh, un- underneath, so we can know what you guys are thinking, and uh, because there seems to be a lot of you out there, and I'm starting to get nervous because I'm not sure. Some people have been texting me, but uh, those are the people that have my phone number, and so I know there's listeners out there that don't. And I'm curious to hear what you what what you guys think. My thought is no news is good news. So unless somebody tells us we suck at something, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> Hopefully, people don't start telling us that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you feel you have to let me know, then you can tell me. Yeah. i give you permission. All right, great. Well, Jesse, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll,
0: you, James. I'm James Pinedo, and we'll catch you guys next time on Poets and Literatures.